Welcome to the Trad Dads Podcast, where we examine cultural and political issues through the lens of traditional thought. All right, so thanks for joining me. Today, I have a very special treat. I have uh, Anthony Gentile, and he is a, uh, he's, he's a friend of mine, and he's a very sharp guy. And I'm so glad to have him as a contributor uh, with the Leonine Institute, um, which I don't push as much as I should on this show. So if you go to leoinstitute.org, and I'll put, a, uh, I'll put a link in the description to this, um, you can check out the publications that we have on there and some of the other efforts we have going on. Um, but I'm just going to read Anthony's uh, little description here so you, you get to know who he is. So Anthony is a cradle Catholic and a seminarian studying for the diocesan priesthood in the Northeast. He possesses a particular interest in the role of Catholic social teaching in the 19th and 20th centuries. His major influences are Bishop Jacques Beignet Bousset and Joseph Marie de Mest, G.K. Chesterton, Hilary Belloc, Joseph Pierce, and Father Heinrich Pesch. Anthony is also an avid soccer fan, supporting the Italian club A.S. Roma. I don't know anything about soccer, but, you know, whatever. Uh, so, so that's Tony, um, Anthony. So Anthony is, is going to join us to talk about a subject that I have been asked to cover. So one of my, one of you, one of the listeners asked me to talk about, um, you know, investing from a traditional Catholic perspective. And so, you know, of course, I mean, I can talk about investment uh, in a technical sense, but I didn't feel like I had the chops to discuss the moral components as well as I should. And so I have a seminarian here who's in his third year in minor seminary, right? Just finished um, my third. Yeah, just finished his third year. So he's, he's uh, on the home stretch for finishing the minor seminary. And so he's going to help us kind of uh, understand the, um, the, the sort of ins and outs of the morality of investing and, and you know, what, what we ought to be doing and what we ought to be avoiding and how to, how to figure that out. And so we're going to be using the USCCB's um, document called Socially Responsible Investment Guidelines. And again, I will uh, put a link to this in the description. It was published on November 12, 2003, so it's a little old, but um, it's a very good document uh, in terms of explaining the responsibilities we have as Catholics in doing investing. And I think what this, what this conversation will, will allow us to do is to kind of put some finer points on it and discuss some things that aren't necessarily in this document. So, um, I, you know, obviously I would suggest, and I think Anthony would agree, you should read this document, but... Um, we're going to try to, you know, put, put some of this in a, in a little bit better, uh, light. So thanks for joining me, Anthony. I appreciate your time. Yep. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. So, so, you know, the, the document does a good job of kind of laying out, um, you know, what, what does it mean to be a shareholder and investor as a Catholic? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that's very obvious about it. So if we try to break this down and understand, um, you know, what, what we ought to be doing as investors, right? So an investment is just, you know, anytime you're giving someone money with the expectation of a return, right? And so in economics, right, we can talk about capital goods, we can talk about, um, you know, fixed assets, right? We can talk about that kind of stuff, right? It's not, it's not me buying, you know, a cup of coffee from you. It's me, um, you know, investing in a coffee maker, right? So it's that kind right. of uh, discussion. And obviously, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, one good example of, of good investment is like, for instance, the Knights of Columbus, right? They, they have a, an insurance company that essentially, right. 
um, you know, tries to invest in good companies, right? So they're, you know, so in other words, it's like, it's very obvious, I think, and, and you wouldn't even have to read this document to understand that, you know, if there's, if there's a company that is following Catholic principles, well, of course you would be permiss, you know, it'd be permissible for you to invest in that company. But the, the challenge we have is how do we evaluate investment decisions in terms of what we can't do, right? And so there's this, um, I, I'm going to try to find the, the link to this uh, little flow chart that I think the Diocese of Philadelphia put together um, that basically mm -hmm. shows like, you know, what is cooperation and evil? Like what, what is, uh, I think it's like formal versus material or something like that. And, you know, how can right, we yep. do these things? So can you give us an overview of, of what, of this cooperation and evil thing, Anthony, and, and just help us to understand sure. that. So there's formal cooperation and material cooperation. So formal cooperation is when you share the goal of the person with whom you're cooperating. So let's say I want to rob a bank and I go to you and I say, listen, man, I, I want to rob this bank down the street. I think we can both use it. We need some money. And you say, okay, I also want to rob the bank and I'm going to help you. You're formally cooperating in, in the moral evil of robbing a bank. Now, material cooperation occurs when you don't share the same goal, but you aid in the completion of it. Um, so, for example, I donate X amount of food to a soup kitchen, um, but I don't really care about feeding the poor. Or I don't care about feeding the poor, but I'm materially, materially cooperating in feeding the poor. So that's the distinction there. Um, it's very clear that uh, we can obviously avoid formal cooperation. It requires our consent. Material cooperation is, is much more difficult. So for example, let's say I work for an electric company and the electric company uh, in its boundaries is, let's say a Planned Parenthood and uh, my company is supplying electricity to the Planned Parenthood. You, I, I, I am not, I don't support abortion, and I think it is a moral evil. So there's no formal cooperation. There's no formal cooperation there, but you, you are, the, the, there is at least, there is material cooperation which is present um, because he doesn't have the goal in committing or procuring an abortion. So, so then it seems like there have to be levels to this material cooperation, like certain, certain, um, certain actions would have more culpability on us or would be um, more important for us to avoid certain things than it would be for, for other actions. Right. I guess what I'm saying is like, like, let's say, uh, let's go to your bank robbery, your bank robbery mm -hmm. example. Right. So let's say I don't want to, you know, I'm not formally cooperating, right? I don't think it's a good idea, but let's say, you know, um, let's say that, you know, I just, I just wanted to get you out of there as fast as possible because I didn't want you to go to jail. Right. So I'm not right. formally cooperating in the sense that, you know, I think it's a good idea to rob the bank, but right. I'm helping you by driving you away from the scene. So what, right. like, yeah. it, does that, is that different from, how does that relate to like, for instance, your power company providing electricity to mm. Planned Parenthood? Like, I mean, are those different, are those different things? Like, so you know what I'm I would say, yeah. So I, what I would say about that is um, 
when you're driving me away from a bank robbery, I would say that that is, that is different from working from, uh, with, for an electric company because whatever your job is in the electric company, um, you don't make decisions. You complete a task which is given to you and you, rec you receive a salary for it. Um, it's a job. Um, you, you don't really have uh, a level of authority to direct the company in any way. When you're robbing, whereas, bank, whereas if, I, I say, if I'm if I'm driving away you away in my car, it's my car. Like I have I have complete control over that vehicle. Right. Yeah. Whereas if I'm just like a dude fixing so the you're, lines you're with the electric company. In, right. Yeah. Exactly. You're you're aiding in the completion of the bank robbery. You know, you're helping someone get away with a moral evil. Right. So, so how does that? And I've seen people say like, for instance. Um, like I, there was a there was a there was a guy on Twitter who was working as like a pharmacy tech, right? And he wouldn't he refused to dispense a contraceptive to someone, right? And the USCCB, right? They they actually talk about contraceptives in this document, right? They say like, you know, the, the church teaches that this is bad, and you know the USCCB itself will not invest in companies that manufacture contraceptives, right? Right. So, so this guy, you know kind of makes a big stink and you know he's just like look i'm just not going to give this person this stuff because i don't i think it's wrong and right. so they fire him right so mm -hmm. you know so i guess that that's another question here is like okay well the usccb says they're not going to invest in companies that manufacture contraceptives right so right. does that mean that i should not invest in companies that manufacture contraceptives or you know or what does that mean for this guy like did he do the right thing by quitting or was he obligated to quit i guess that's a lot of questions but however you want to tackle that yeah so um it's hard to untangle everything like so i we'd spoken about this earlier and i said that everything is kind of entangled in a level of like moral evil so for example if i were to you know i want to buy a video i want to buy a movie or something like that mm -hmm. uh, there's two video stores now this is going back two blockbusters in my town or something. <laughs> and I want to go. This and, was, and one of the, block you were doing this when you were three years old. This is when you were. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two video stores and someone wants to buy a movie. Uh, one video store sells movies that have morally questionable content. So it's not pornography, but it is, it's objectionable. It's, it's not stuff you're going to show right. anyone really. Nobody wants to see that. But in the same town, there's another store where they, sh they, they sell pornography. They're selling real pornography. Yeah. They have like, a, they have like a little, go, an extra area at the back of the store or something. Right. Yeah. Where everything's covered, you know, black covers on the magazines and the videos and stuff. Right. It's better to go to the store that sells the things that are morally objectionable, but don't, uh, but, but they don't sell pornography. So there has to be a level of, awareness and what's going on when you make a decision like this um since everything is entangled everything's kind of caught up in each other and it's hard to and sometimes almost impossible to avoid material cooperation we have to make the evaluation that we we need to be able to choose that which the good is 
the good overwhelms the bad. So the objectionable material is bad, but they but they, they, they do not sell pornography. That's better than going to the place that does sell pornography. So, so you know, <clears throat> go ahead. Well, so I just wanted to, so, okay. I, I guess what, what some, just let me throw an objection at you. So someone might say, well, okay, you know, this isn't something you need, right? Like you don't need to rent videos, right? Like maybe Correct. you just don't, right? So like, I mean, is there, is there something that says like, okay, well, if, if the, if the less bad store is, uh, is, is still, you know, still has really bad stuff in it. Right. But not pornography, but really bad right. stuff. Well, I mean, why not just not watch movies? Right. I mean, so where, where does that, because to me, this is the thing of like investing. It's like, well, I could, you know, if I wanted to, I mean, yeah, I can use the convenient mechanisms of like mutual funds and stuff. But I have absolutely no right. idea what, what those mutual funds, you know, specific companies that those mutual funds are buying and what those specific companies are doing. And so right. does, that, does that make me slothful because I'm not investigating every company? How, no. how, how do I make these decisions? No, I, so you're right, first of all. Um, and it's also true of investing. So you don't have to buy a movie and you don't have to buy stocks. Um, we need money to survive, obviously. So we need money to, to be able to, to live. Um, but you don't need to buy stocks. You don't need to buy movies. Um, you need to do research in the companies that you're looking to give your money to uh, within reason. So, a so, so you should. I mean, everybody should look where their money's going, see who's getting their money. But you need to understand that you can't, you, you would spend an ungodly amount of time reading about all these different companies you're putting your money into um, to the point where you're going to drive yourself crazy and it's going to be time wasted. Um, because it also seems to be true that while we do this research, we may become blinded by a particular evil, while the company may do another good that really does overwhelm that evil, but we become, you know, so focused on that evil that it destroys our perception of the company. So, just like you couldn't go into a supermarket or a deli and you know grill the cashier on what he's going to do with his paycheck, you know that's wrong. Um, sure. If deli you're walking into has a we support Planned Parenthood sign on it or the cashier's wearing a lanyard that says it or something you know there's some very overt indication of where that company stands you know that's a good indicator of you know maybe I should rethink what I'm doing um, so so if I can make kind of a, an analogy so it's kind of like um, you know like your your parish priest's responsibilities in terms of um, you know like keeping people from receiving the Eucharist unworthily, right? So it's like someone, if someone has a private opinion about abortion that would not, uh, you know, comply with the church, right? That, you know, the priest, obviously, I mean, what's he going to do? Grill everybody when they come up and then hope they don't lie, right? But, right. but, but then if, you know, if, if there's a politician or a public figure who makes it public that they, you know, support abortion, then the, the, the bishop or the priest kind of has some kind of responsibility to, 
keep them from the sack. And I'm just, I'm not, I don't want to get into that as like a separate issue, but I'm just saying like, right. it seems like there's like a, there's a judgment call there. And I, yeah. and the only thing that I worry about is that, you know, it's, so when we think about, you know, big picture and we think about, you know, institutions and, and the change in institutions over time, you know, obviously 500 years ago, we didn't have mutual funds. Right. So, right. you know, it's just, we live in a different time where it's so much easier for us to give this sort of unknowing material cooperation because the way most people invest most of their money is they just hand it over to the mutual fund and right. the mutual fund makes those decisions. Well, I don't necessarily right. want the mutual fund making those decisions. Right. Right. So it seems like, you know, but, but the reason we're doing that is because like you said, we don't have time. Like we don't have time to handle our own investments. Right. And when we're worried about what return we're going to get, you know, we, you know, it's just, it's so much less, I mean, it's just a, it's a cost benefit thing, right? It's, it's lower right. cost for me to give it to someone else. But what's lost there is this moral component where I'm, you know, I'm potentially materially cooperating. Now that doesn't mean I had to go to confession every five seconds because, you know, right. The company, every time the company turns out a contraceptive that I, you know, that I'm personally sending, but it's just, right. It's, 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 you don't want to cooperate in that. And it makes, you know, it just, the modern world is just so full of stuff like this just makes our lives more difficult uh, from this perspective. So is that, does that, is no, that kind it really of what does. you're saying? No, yeah, I think so. Um, it's just that I feel people will certainly, they, they, they tend to be really hard on themselves and they kind of put these restrictions and restraints and kind of beat themselves up over something that's that they can't really control because even mutual funds are are the possibility of investigation with that is even even smaller than something with like a stock where you can look into a company you know yeah you can um, pull their 10k report i mean it's, it's like well i mean this gets to regulation or to regulation stuff right like it's good that the fcc right. re requires public companies to disclose a lot of information because then that gives us the ability to easily find that information Right. You know, and that th there are, uh, as far as I'm aware, I, I do know that they exist now specifics. I'm not sure I'd have to look into that. There are mutual funds, which, um, consider themselves to, to possess Christian values. So you do have that option, you know, these things exist, but you need to realize that while people don't have the option not to eat, they have the option not to invest. Right. So that you, we have to be aware of that also. So, so that, but I, I think, so I want to push back on that a little bit more, I guess, push back on my own pushback really, because, you know, with, with the rental thing, it's like, okay, you know, someone could say, okay, you say, well, there's these two choices for renting DVDs or whatever. And I'm, you know, I'm going to rent from the less bad one. Right. Right. So then I come and say, well, you know, Anthony, you don't have to rent DVDs. Right. And then your response might be, okay, sure. But then if I don't watch movies and I don't participate in the culture, I mean, that's just, this is the culture we live in. Right. So it's like, you know, if I don't participate in the culture, then, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to be a horrible evangelist. Right. I'm not going to be very good at, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, explaining how the world works to my children, or I'm right. not going to be able to, um, you know, relate to people like, I mean, if you're, you're going to be a parish priest, right. Um, you know, God willing. So, you know, right. if, uh, it, you know, I'm not gonna be able to relate to the congregation and, you know, make boomer jokes uh, from uh, the pulpit, right? So, you know, so, you know, I mean, isn't that important too? I mean, if, if, I, if I don't invest money, then I can't, um, you know, I can't build a giant, uh, you know, uh, you know multi-generational family home and live, you know, right. uh, 
a better life, right? Right. Um, I think that, so it's true that, you, you know, you don't have to do these things. Um, you just, it's just, you need to recognize that there's a certain level of, uh, how would I say, voluntariness in them. Um, and that makes them, that brings them up a notch that would make that, you know, something a little more, you know, as, as uh, Jimmy Aiken would say, it bears a little more weight. Um, but don't, my, and my big thing is don't put too much weight onto it. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, specifically talking about investing, uh, it's a way to make money and we need money. At, at the end of the day, that's what that is. Um, you know, and then the question is, uh, you know, how much money is too much money and how much do you actually need and things like that. But, you know, it just, so it's, so it's kind of left to our personal consciences, but then, you know, it's, it's sort of like the, the question is always, okay, well then what does a, a properly formed conscience do? You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult circumstance because while we don't have to do it, it's, it's something that, you know, you need to make money. It's something you, it, it produces something you need. So, uh, you know, a well-formed conscience is certainly, you know, we need, hopefully we have one. Um, so, you know, the, the, the church wants us to, that's the thing. So it goes back to the CCB, C, USCCB document. We need to be responsible stewards. So we need to act with charity and, you know, they even specifically say, um, you know, do no harm uh, thing. There, there's certain positive strategies. So you need, you need to be responsible with it. That, that's the key. So like what I said with the example, like we support Planned Parenthood signs, avoid these overt objections to Christian truth. I mean... I think that's a given, you know, I wouldn't invest in Planned Parenthood. That would be, that, that uh, you know, that's personally, I wouldn't do that. Um, so. so there's, so it's, it's sort of like the, the reality is, is just the recognition that we live in a, a certain age. Entangled has, world. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I need to be the, I need to judge for myself how much time I can spend on these things, how much Correct. knowledge I have about investing and, and, and figure out how to do that cost benefit with the church in mind as the, the most important uh, decider on the moral side, but right, there are exactly. just practical limits on what I can do. Sure. So, so the, to round this out, and I think this will make the, the, the person who requested this happy um, because, you know, one of the things that unfortunately um, the USCCB does not address uh, on this page is, is yours and my uh, sort of favorite topic right? Which is usury. Right. Um, and it's, it's not in the document. I control F searched it. It's not in there. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the, the challenge to me with this is, is it's, it's so, I mean, you even go back to pre-Renaissance. I mean, there's just so many people trying to make so many excuses for usury. There's so many people, we were just talking about this before we started recording, right? There's so right. many people trying to, you know, wiggle their way you know, to sort of, like you said, you know, sort of Winnipeg statement their way into allowing, you know, usury and interest, right? And, and the right. challenge within, I mean, this is a huge concern for investing, right? We have, you and I really haven't talked much about this because, but it's such a huge thing, right? Because number one, 
you know, okay, well, uh, part of my investment portfolio is going to be in bonds, right? Because mm -hmm. they provide a sort of, you know, less risky and hey, right. you know, folks, just as a short commercial here, be on the lookout for the next position statement that we put out because um, when, because Anthony and I are going to be writing a position paper on usury and it is going to be absolutely hard hitting in your face stuff. And everyone, you know, all these people with the liberal economics and stuff like that are just going to be absolutely screaming their heads off when they see this thing. So be ready for that. It's coming soon. Um, so, I mean, there, there's this huge challenge with investment, right? Because not only am I, you know, you know, I, I have mutual funds that have bonds in them, right? That are, that are right. built, you know, built out of bond portfolio, right? That's what they are. Not only that, but the companies themselves, right? I might be investing in banks, number one, but, right. but even then I'm, I'm definitely investing in companies that are using commercial paper investments, right? So they might be, they're not functioning as a bank, but they're still sort of lending money, right? Because they're putting their cash in a, in a, in a debt vehicle for a short right. period of time, or they themselves are borrowing money, yeah. right? So, you know, this is, you know, it's, it just permeates everything. And of course, I mean, even personally, right, we've got credit card stuff, we've got car loans, we've got house loans. And I think there's right. a, you know, one is obviously worse than the other, but how, how does, how do you think that this whole usury discussion affects, um, affects our, our investment strategies? That's a really good question. And I think that, you know, we, we touched on the idea that, you know, we should be cautious, but aware that our, our world is entangled with a lot of moral evils, which are in, in some way unavoidable and material cooperation is, is sometimes the only, the only choice. Um, I think that usury is the most entangled moral evil, which exists. And um, because it just, it pervades everything. It's it, just, it's everywhere. It's, the, it's everything. Yeah. That's the thing. So when I say yeah. it's everything, I mean, you credit cards, house, car, your whole existence Every um, business, every business, almost every, every business. business. Yeah. And, and your worth is determined by a grave sin. Yeah. Um, yeah, your credit score is determined based on how much money you make for uh, the lenders. <laughs> right, exactly. I guess you I know? should say the usurers. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's, I, I had said that thing about the Winnipeg statement. It seems like a lot of these, these people who are interested in liberal economics to try to justify usury they kind of have to bend over backwards and, you know, use all these sorts of phrasing and words and, mm -hmm. oh, well, there's this, there's that. I think it reminds me a lot of the Winnipeg statement where after Paul VI Humanavitae, the Canadian bishop said, well, this isn't totally right. There are certain exceptions and they objected to Humanavitae. Now that was later rescinded, obviously, uh, you know, mm -hmm. praise God. Um, but th yeah, we haven't, we haven't had to, we haven't had to go to war with Canada and, and right. rush the bishops for it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they, you know, they, at the end of the day, there was right judgment made and they, they, they took back what they had previously said, but it's the same spirit to me. It, it, it feels the same. We're trying to bend and use exceptions and say, well, there's this, there's that, you know, it's back then it was, well, it's the sixties, it's 1968. How could we live like this? And now it's, oh, it's 2020. How can we live like this? Current, current year, therefore morality right. don't matter. <laughs> it's such a silly um, I don't even, it's not, it's so pathetic. It shouldn't even be called rhetoric, but it, at the end, it is. It's sophistry. It's sad. Yeah, it is sophistry. It is. Yeah. But they have the same spirit to me. And I think that, that was something when I noticed it really, um, 
didn't make me smile in a good way, but it made me realize that, you know, one of the big things for me is in church history, it's the first time this has happened since the last time that it happened. <laughs> you seem to forget. Yeah. Pretty much things, everything's happened over the last everything's years. Ha- <laughs> and multiple times it's happened. Yep. It's the right. first time it's happened since the last time it happened. <laughs> Very short memories we have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, Anthony, I, I really appreciate your time. I think this provides some clarity. I think it provides people a, a guide as to how to think about the practical aspects of investing and how to understand it. And I mean, if you really want to be, you know, sort of, uh, well, you and I have a, a, a mutual friend who essentially invests his money locally, like in small businesses that he knows. Right. And, you know, okay, some people might say, well, Oh, you're not diversifying and you're not, you know, this, that, and the other, I'm all the, all the sort of, you know, finance one-on-one stuff. Um, but you know, for him, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, and there's other benefits, you know, you talked about hard assets and, and yeah. uh, you know, it's all your assets are all on paper, you know, and, and that sort of thing, which is, which is true. Right. Uh, right. But, uh, so anyway, yeah. Thanks again, Anthony. And uh, everybody be on the lookout because Anthony and I are going to absolutely blow up um, the usury discussion. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah. All right. See you later. Yep. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Trad Dads podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out.